Hello, I'm Randy Fine, narcissistic abuse expert. And I'm today I have with me Christiana Davidson, who is a psychotherapist, hypnotherapist. And if you follow this channel, you know that Christiana and I do a lot of videos mm -hmm. together and they're always really, really interesting. And I have to admit that most of these topics come from Christiana. So, um, and I love it because it opens up my mind. It expands my mind. It expands my understanding of narcissism. Uh, if you are already a current subscriber, thank you so much for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. This channel, I put a lot of great content up and for some reason, I don't have the viewership. Maybe you guys are watching it. Maybe you are. But um, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And if you like the video, please give me a thumbs up. Please give me a like so that we know that you appreciate it, which will encourage us to do more. So today we have a very interesting topic for you. We're going to be talking about narcissistic personality disorder and its relationship to hoarding. And I, you know, as I said, this is not a topic that I really had thought about until Christy and I began to talk about this, and then it made so much sense. So we decided to present this to you to give you another aspect of this very complex disorder and how it affects the person who has it and the abused. So welcome, Christiana. Welcome. It's great to have you back. Oh, thank you, Randy. It's lovely to be back. Um, and this actually, this topic, I think it came um, from a comment from one of your the previous videos that we did. Okay. One of the viewers said, oh, could, could we cover hoarding and narcissism and the links between the two? <laughs> great. Okay, so that prompted a really great discussion. Yeah. So yeah. you're all in for a treat today because this is a fascinating topic. I mean, everything about narcissistic abuse is fascinating, but this one is, it's a, it's a totally different take because most people think that, that hoarding is a obsessive, an obsessive compulsive disorder, but it may have components of that, but there is a whole lot of narcissistic personality disorder involved in this, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, you know, and often, Randy, uh, when somebody is diagnosed with a hoarding disorder, as it is in the DSM, um, you know, uh, it's often comorbid. So it can go alongside narcissistic personality disorder or some other, even borderline um, as well. But today we're going to hone in on the link between hoarding and narcissistic personality um, and how it kind of uh, how it's sort of a reflection um, of narcissistic personality disorder, uh, that the two sort of link together quite neatly, in fact. Well, I'm really anxious to hear <laughs> your perspective on this. So, so tell me how you see what you see the link is or how you see yeah. the relationship between hoarding and NPD. Okay. Well, maybe like a good place to start would be to just define what hoarding is exactly, and then to see uh, how that pertains to someone with narcissistic personality disorder. Okay. Um, so in the, the DSM-5, 
the definition is uh, that hoarding is a persistent difficulty uh, with discarding or parting with possessions, regardless of their actual value. Um, it's a need to save items and a real distress associated with discarding them. Okay. So if we put that into sort of very simple terms, this is what I take from that. There's a, a need for objects and possessions around you. There's a fear of not having those objects and possessions around you. There's a deep fear of losing them because there's a deep void. If I don't have these objects around me, there's a terror that comes in, a terror of not having them because these objects are a, somehow a buffer or a defense mechanism to feeling the emptiness that would be there without them. Mm. Now, we know with narcissistic personality disorder, um, you know, as the myth of narcissists um, is described, you know, narcissists fell in love with his own reflection. Narcissist didn't fall in love with himself. He fell in love with the reflection of himself. He fell in love with an external representation of himself, an, an external image. And what hoarding in some ways does is that it surrounds the narcissist with these external images that are objects of himself. So for a narcissist, it's imperative in some ways, uh, some narcissists, to hold on to objects and possessions and images and photographs and documents and money and, you know, anything external in order for that narcissist to gain secondary supply uh, in order to to find um, a connection with the false self. So these images and objects and possessions are a source of comfort and a source of emotional regulation, actually. But it's more than that. It's actually for the narcissist, he can look outside of himself and see, oh, this is me. Uh, this is me. Uh, oh, I can, I, I, I see this photograph from the past. Oh, yes, that's me. Um, you know, everything outside of him is how he finds uh, the sort of uh, buffer to that feeling of having no connection to self within, um, that there is no core identity, so it must be found outside. And so the, the narcissistic type can often want to cling on to lots of different objects um, in order to sort of appease that sense of having nothing inside, there being a, a vacant space inside. And and for the narcissist then to have people are also a vacant outside. People are also possessions. People are possessions. Exactly. Well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's really key actually that people are possessions and objects because you know, often for the narcissist, there will be a string of failed relationships with people 
you know, there aren't any healthy, connected, true relationships. Um, and so the narcissist then has to turn to objects uh, because objects won't leave them. Objects uh, won't talk back. Objects are manipulable. Uh, he feels in control. Um, it's it's almost like, you know, um, in some ways there's a bit of greed involved in it as well because it's it's almost like this young child in the playground, you know, snatching all the toys and feeling sort of more powerful than the others by surrounding himself with all the toys. Right. Um, oh, and I do, and I do want to add <clears throat> for those men who are listening, um, I often get comments that we refer to the narcissist as a he or him or something uh, like that in yes. that way. And I want you to, to know that when we talk about this, we understand completely mm. that there are just as many narcissistic women. Um, so, yes. so sometimes we have to choose a pronoun or it gets, if, we, if we're saying he or she every single time, it gets really annoying uh, and laborious. Yes. So um, don't be offended if you hear he, because we mean she as well. Mm. Yes, thank you, Randy. That's really important, actually. Um, so, so, you know, what we're saying about this, the hoarding of all these objects around myself, these external objects, um, it brings a sense of um, a sense of soothing for the narcissist. It also brings supply, uh, but it's also a means, I suggest, of, of distraction. You know, if you have if you go into a house that is extremely full of lots of different things and there's, you know, lights flashing here and there's this over there and it's it's really sort of overly packed. Uh, it's very hard to connect with yourself. You're constantly looking here and there. There's, you're not in a state of, of peace and calm. And in some ways, for a narcissist who's trying to avoid that sense of um, facing the emptiness within, um, to have lots of things all around you, to be sitting in the middle of all these things is is actually quite a safe space because it it helps to... Uh, distract um, one's attention away from that inner uh, void. Right. As I said. And, yeah. And um, let's, the, the other thing is we know that narcissists are very destructive. We know that they don't care about the objects, whether it be people or things yes. in, their, uh, in yeah. their life. And so when we, think of hoarders we think of objects that are rusty and destroyed and with yes. pieces on them and um unusable and torn and yeah. i mean oh and they don't attach any value to the object itself so they don't take care mm -hmm. of the object just as they don't have value to the people who they objectify right yes Yes, and they're easily sort of, um, they're kept in the picture, but then something else is brought in to replace them, but they're still there. You know, so there's this sort of devaluing of objects, but still keeping them in, in the loop in some ways. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting if you think about it, you know, for, for the narcissist to have these objects around them 
brings a sense of safety even even when there's sort of things that you know they don't need uh, so they might have a whole range of like you said i don't know tin openers or something like that um and often what happens is it's it's and i've i've known uh, narcissistic types like this there's a there's a there's a, a drive to do the fun things in life but a lack of drive to sort of take responsibility for the things you don't want to do. <laughs> so it's like a child in a way sitting in a bedroom, um, doesn't want to do the tidying up, uh, but wants to go out and go out shopping and get a new toy. Um, that's the fun bit. Um, and, and as we know, narcissists are emotionally um, at, a, at a, a very young age, you know, so this is a, a child's, a childlike way of, of of living really there's a lack uh, you know and as much as it is a disorder um there is a a disorderedness in the the discipline side of things there's a there's a a preference to not taking charge um and letting letting oneself just uh, almost almost uh waiting for somebody else to come in and take charge for them but then when they do that rejecting uh that 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 advance absolutely mm -hmm. and you know and um often when we watch shows like hoarders we see that yes. hoard animals as well and these animals are terribly abused they're not well taken care of and so with animals it's about making them feel good under the guise that they're rescuing animals, but they're not. They don't care about the animals any more than they care about these objects that they're hoarding. So they they may have 20 cats or you know dogs and it it they don't pay attention to any of them. They don't take care of them. No. It is quite like a child, isn't it, in many ways, you know me 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 more 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 <laughs> i know yeah and and not not really taking stepping up and taking responsibility for for life i think it's also important to say randy because you know sometimes people think oh well you know everyone with hoarding disorder now is has narcissistic personality disorder but that's not true you know sometimes sometimes those two are not linked you know you can have hoarding disorder that comes often as a result of loss in life you know a loss of um partners or um even the loss of a narcissist you know the the victims of narcissists uh, can sometimes turn to hoarding as a means of of um comfort uh, and of clinging on to some kind of old fantasy life right so there's in so just there's in fact a, a denial of reality yeah. in their in what they're doing, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. A denial of a denial of reality. So it's interesting how it takes place in the home as well. You know, it the home is a place of safety and security, or meant to be. So somehow, this hoarding of objects and things, both of value and of no value is bringing some kind of sense of safety to the narcissist's life. And I think in some ways it is a bit almost like 
the narcissist puts up this big buffer around them so that nobody can get in, literally sometimes, to them, who's kind of in the core and has no connection to the self. There's no identity. Uh, So people have to get past all these objects and things before they'll ever be able to contact or connect with that that narcissist who's hiding a little in 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 amidst it all including their children at times including yes. children sometimes but but saying that you know it can also be you know when somebody is hoarding it does it does get attention which is narcissistic supply from others you know family members might come in and be saying gosh you know what's what are we going to do about this? You know, this is, look at the state of this place. Let's, let's get this sorted. And, and that in itself is a means of, of, of garnering supply when relationships may be, uh, you know, very, very tentative, at least with family members, at least the narcissist gets their, their attention, even in, in a negative way. Right. It's also about control. Because yeah. narcissists are all about control, because I guess yes. they don't have control. And yes. so when they can't, when they don't have people to control, they can control things, objects, animals. Yes, exactly. Yes, there's a sense of being in control of an object more than a person and a pet, you know. It, it, we we see that played out, don't we, with you know narcissistic mothers and their children. You know that they the narcissistic mother loves the child when it's dependent um, on her. You know, in the first three years or however long. But as soon as the child starts to express an independence, that's when um, the, the narcissist can't handle it and um, it goes into rages. So it's almost like this narcissist is sort of but through the objects, uh, returning to that sense of control over people, places, and things um, by filling it with with objects that it, it does that they do have control over. And you know, so I read that um, the the largest percentage of hoarders are older adults, yeah. and they say that the hoarding could start could have started at a younger age but it really materializes it really shows up uh when they're older um do you have an opinion or thought on this you know i do actually as usual (laughs) i was just um i was thinking about that you know why would it be somebody maybe in their later years you know after their children have grown up and maybe their marriage has split or you know whatever it might be um you know, if if we think about it, the narcissist has lived a false life. Uh, their whole life has been orientated towards maintaining the false self. That's what their purpose in life has been, actually. And as you get older, you're unable to do that so much. But what you're left with, and I think this does happen for the narcissist, is this sense of a life that's been wasted. 
there's a hopelessness almost that there's like a you know there's that that sense that they that feeling that they don't want to feel is that their life in itself has been wasted it's an emptiness they haven't been able to be the the authentic self they haven't been able to reach the the dreams and the you know which are often connected with the false self but you know even so there's a sense of i have nothing to show for my life and hence the need to show something for my life the the, the need to have some evidence to leave some footprint of me uh at the end of my life so that others will be able to see, you know will be able to see who i was in fact who i'm able to see who i am you know right and often you know with, with narcissistic women actually there's a a great tendency to hold on to things like photographs of them in their former glory days um you know and to bring those out all the time and to show people this is who i this is who i am this is you know and and so there's the need to hold on to these sort of relics um that that of of a glory glorified me the idealized me that that i'm struggling to find anymore um and 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 that is sort of um i'm unable to 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 connect with now because it's past um so there's a that's that's my thoughts on why it, it tends to be in the older older years right you know and i and i guess um in addition to that there's mm. less distraction um with other things and other relationships i guess when they get older uh so it allows them to completely focus in on themselves and not really worry they really don't care how anybody else sees them but i guess they reach an age where it truly they truly don't care and there, there's no premise of a certain kind of appearance to others. It's really all about their greediness and what they need. It gets, yeah. it, it, it gets yeah. to a, a, a degree of, um, of compulsion. It does. And, and I think also, you know, with, with narcissism, because there's no connection to the core self, there is no core identity, no core personality, no, no way of going within to find your resources. Uh, there's the need to find the resources out there uh, instead. And that's that kind of comes coupled with this this childlike um overwhelm or indecisiveness that can come in um you know how do i cope with life um so there's the need then to get multiple dishcloths or you know to you know we'll, we'll stock up on things just in case because i you know i don't know if i might need them you, you know and it, it's that sort of uncertainty about well not being able to 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 go within and, and and make a decision, a measured, mature decision. It's more of a childlike response. You know, I've got to got to make sure I've got six tubes of toothpaste because, you know, what if I don't? Nobody's going to get it for me. Or right. Uh, and so, as you're talking, I'm thinking about you know, in the love bombing stage, we often talk about how the target, um, the narcissist 
creates these dopamine responses to the target to get them addicted. But I think also at that point, people always say, you know, did they really care? Did they really like me? Were they really that excited over me? And in the beginning stages, they are because it's a dopamine hit for them as well. It's a big yeah. excitement, new supply, new supply. And I yes. would imagine that hoarding is kind of a dopamine hit every time they mm, Interesting. It, right? Yes, I think you're right. Yes, that's, you know, that the, the shopaholic gets that kind of mm-hmm. hit, don't they? It's another addiction. It is. Mm, absolutely. So it's kind of um, a, a, a temporary fix um, for, for and it, right. and it never <laughs> the lasts. low dopamine. You just need it and need it and need it. And that's the Got to get more and more. They're never yeah. satisfied, yeah. never satiated, never satisfied. Mm-hmm. No. It's interesting, though, because some narcissists will be the more hoarding types. And then you've got the other type that's more of the discard type. Uh, so the, the more of the discard type, they tend to want to get rid of any evidence that doesn't support the, the false self. Uh, so they're trying to disconnect uh, from anything from the past um, or the present that doesn't sort of um, give them that supply, uh, doesn't support the, the false self, and they're more able to just, you know, get rid of things and then kind of hide behind the the image of, oh, you know, I'm I'm so much better than everyone else. You know, I don't hold on to things. I'm a minimalist. I, you know, I, I'm not attached to objects. But really, um <laughs> There's there's sort of an attachment there to certain objects um, and a detachment from the true self. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm. I would imagine the other narcissists are are neat freaks, but it's an that's also another way. That's a that's a control thing too, to be obsessively clean and neat. Yeah. Yes. Um, so do you think that the common understanding of narcissist of um, hoarding has mm-hmm. to do with obsessive compulsive disorder, in your opinion? I think there are there are elements of OCD in it. I don't think it's the full picture though. <laughs> Um, I do think it, it, it's, it, I think there's a comorbidity, like I was saying at the start. I think it does, I think it goes well with narcissism or borderline or any of these personality disorders um, as a sort of symptom or as a, a coping mechanism, as a defense mechanism, I see it. Um, but, you know, not to say that everyone who... Who has it is is an, uh, a narcissist or borderline. Right. I think there are varying degrees. Um, yeah. Yes. It's very difficult with any disorder to make a clear cut diagnosis because there yes. are always co- comorbidities. There's many things that contribute yes. to mental illness. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about the narcissist response to people coming in. And trying to change them. (laughs) So so the reactions, I think, are very similar to what one would experience in a relationship with a narcissist. Do you agree? Oh, hugely so. 
I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking back because I I have had this experience, you know, of going going to to visit a narcissistic type who who was a, a hoarder, not a huge one, but big enough to to warrant um, needing some help. And I can just remember, you know, walking in and um, not knowing what to say, really, um, because the reality was, you know, it was a real mess. Um, and it's quite shocking, you know, when you first see see this, especially if it's in a family member. Um, <clears throat> but that was soon followed by um, a growing frustration. Um, you know... There's a sort of there's a sort of um, childlike stubbornness in narcissistic types. Um, you know, this is how they are controlling their world, and to have somebody else external come in and try to take that control and suggest they do otherwise is not going to be met with open arms, <laughs> rather with crossed arms. <laughs> Absolutely. Um... They, just as in relationships, they refuse to believe that there's anything wrong with them, anything yeah. wrong with what they're doing, and that mm -hmm. they they refuse to believe that they need help. They feel like they are 100% yes. perfect, just fine yeah. they are, even though they yeah. realize that their life isn't functioning well, yeah. there's that there's blinders that the yeah. narcissist puts on that says yeah. no everything's great everything's fine yeah uh i'm yeah. perfect and they are very yeah. very defensive if you approach yeah. them and even insinuate mm -hmm. that what they're doing is unhealthy yes or they may they may be sort of like oh yes i you know i don't i know i don't know what to do about this and you know what do you suggest and, and 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 bringing you into it bringing you into the chaos because that's what hoarding is it's chaos and the narcissist world is chaos they want you in the chaos with them they want to draw you in to make your world chaotic too uh, they want you as one of the objects in the in the midst of all these objects because you are to them um although you're a primary source of supply um so they want to immerse you in the chaos um, and any any sort of attempt by you to try to sort out the chaos, they may sort of, you know, at the start be open to, oh, yes, yeah, let's get some bags and let's do this. And OK, yeah, all right, you'll do the and, and you'll come to, you know, putting in, OK, well, you know, how many how many dishcloths do you need? Do we need 12 or could we work with five? Oh. And, and this will be where the 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 control starts to kick in, um, you know, and, and it can really lead to such um, such frustration in 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 the person who's trying to assist, uh, because it's not about clearing things out; um, it's about having you caught up in it. Um, and, and eliciting a frustrated reaction in you is another form of supply. Um, it's, it's another way of making them the center of the chaos, uh, the center of your world too, you know? Um, yeah. All the objects serving the narcissist, trying we to. See, we see a lot of rage. Uh, narcissists, you know, it, they can go from zero to a to hundred very quickly. And 
we see this, you know, when we're observing these shows where they're trying to help this person and they go into full-blown rages. Yeah. It's, um, I, it's a real know, trigger, isn't it? It is. Especially and, then. you know, I mean, the rage has different um, purposes for the narcissist, but one is to fully intimidate people, to mm -hmm. make them stop to control yes. them to say, I'm going to make this so bad for you, you're going to go away. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think also, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's quite sort of, um, it's, it's a bit of a push-pull thing with hoarders, you know, they they don't want to be left alone but they do <laughs> um and and as much as they want you to come in they also don't want you to come in so these objects and the hoarding is a way of keeping people out but also it's almost a strange way of inviting them in uh, to come and help right. uh, so once again you're left in confusion and right yeah it's unable to you know it, there's a lot of um you know, when I think of narcissists and the way that they act in life, it's, it reminds me of a tornado that just kind of spirals in, destroys everything there, Yeah. spirals a little more, destroys everything mm -hmm. there, spirals a little more and destroys everything there. And they're, they're very destructive people. Yes. <laughs> so it's there's true. no, there's no value. There's no, I, I really, it's so hard to put yourself in the mind or put ourselves in the mind of a hoarder because it's, it's such a different way of thinking about things. Um, so how do we, you know, when so many of us that are, so many people who are listening to this video are, have a pretty good understanding of the narcissist. Mm. So you've, you've said a whole lot of things about, um, why how this is related to NPD mm. but can you sort of package it and say you know your narcissist does this this would be kind of how it would look in hoarding uh, tell me more about what you want to know there Randy okay so in other words people will say well um they're very abusive and actually, I guess, you know, as I'm saying it, we really have covered these things, abuse of controlling, uh, mm -hmm. no ability to make decisions, um, yes. very uh, self-centered, right, all these kind of things. So, yeah, I guess we've really answered those questions. And when you're, when they're approached, um we're going to see a lot of the tactics that narcissists use, like gaslighting, stonewalling, um, lying, raging, trying mm -hmm. to change the focus, get you off of the topic. So there's yeah. so many things that, you know, as mm -hmm. we talk about it, there's so many correlations between the two. Yes, absolutely. It's it's almost, you know, I see it as, you know, because the false self is really the narcissist trying to portray to the world themselves as a fully mature adult. 
you know and behind that is the child you know protected by this false self image because this child has never been able to grow up it's never been able to differentiate or go through the normal developmental stages so hoarding is a bit like that um it's the narcissist way of presenting to the world I have all these things. I'm an adult. Look, I've got all I need as an adult. I'm providing for myself. I've got pets. I've got money. I've got, you know, all of this. But inside is this little child who doesn't know how to cope, doesn't know, doesn't know how to adult. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, that is going to trigger off these things that you're saying, you know, these childish ways of responding to anyone that threatens that you know, that they're not being a, a capable adult, they're not being, a, they're not mature, um, they're going to use all all those different defence mechanisms, like going into a tantrum, um, you know, um, folding their arms and the silent treatment, or, you know, stamping their foot on the floor, or all of these childish <laughs> reactions are going to come out um, because you're threatening this facade. And so, and when people come in to help them, there's no gratitude for that. They don't, they don't appreciate. And so narcissists really don't appreciate anything that anybody does for them. And Mm -hmm. this is, this is very much in line with that. So Mm -hmm. when you're coming to help them, observers would think this is a very generous thing that you're doing. Narcissist is not going to thank you. They're going to punish you. No. Or manipulate you. They'll use it, you know, as a means to lure you in. Mm -hmm. So they might sort of, oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If you can, if you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be fine. Yes. But it's, you know, some little job in the corner, you know, I don't know, wiping the the walls or something like that, you know, and it's not really having any impact at all. It's, It's almost like, they're using the situation to manipulate you and control you in it through your kindness and your your generosity uh, and and you can feel it actually you can feel that there's by your generosity it's it's actually opening up for them the way to control you it sounds as if it's pretty hard under these circumstances to change the way the hoarder is acting. And I guess, you know, you talked before about loss and how loss can create this to happen. So if you think about it in terms of uh, the narcissist losing their control over someone, they quickly have to hoard. They got to get other people there very, very quick to fill that space, which is why I tell people, don't feel bad that you left because you're already replaced. (laughs) They can't replace it. So here we're seeing Mm -hmm. the same kind of mechanism, a kind of play where, um, so now they've lost someone, there's been a death and now Mm -hmm. they've got to replace it as fast as they can. Yes, they've either got to replace it with somebody new or they've got to replace it with objects that are, linked to that person or that thing um to keep that connection alive somehow um in through the objects so so it's um 
even even in death, you know, the, 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 there's the need to still maintain control over that that source of supply. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing, uh, often they lose their children. CPS comes in yeah. and takes their children, and because they're not good parents, they don't care about the mm -hmm. child's well-being. Often these children have asthma and other terrible diseases as a result of mm -hmm. being in the environment that they're in. And the parent has no empathy towards that child. They want to keep the child, but they don't necessarily care about the child. No, no it's a real, it is, you know, a lack, a lack of taking responsibility is how I, I interpret this. There's a, uh, you know, a, a, a choosing whether, you know, it's out of addiction usually, but, you know, there's still a choice there that instead of stepping up and, you know, really being responsible uh, with my life, um, there's a sort of a throwing in the towel and just not, not, you know, just wanting to be in this sort of chaotic environment. Um, which is like an addiction, you know, it, you know, you choose that, that sort of copping out or opting out or escape. Right. Um, they do, they do, as opposed, they do function in drama and chaos. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the external world of the hoarder is chaotic because that's where they feel familiar and safe and where they have a semblance of control. Exactly. I think mm. this is so important for people who are observing this in family members loved ones friends whatever to understand what's behind all of this it's not just about things it's not no. it's, it's not that they they need these things even though they say that they do mm -hmm. there's a there's a deep need for uh for control and that they feel that they lack in their life and um mm -hmm. A filling of the void within. A filling of the void. Yes, that's it. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, it it is it is hard to understand it. You know, when you're a family member, you know, to see to see another family member doing this. Um, however, I would suggest that it's often not the family members who are going to have any chance of <laughs> really helping. <laughs> to be honest. Um, if there is any chance of help, it would need to be from someone external. And you see that on those hoarding programs, don't you? Yes. You know, it's not really the family members that are coming around and orchestrating things. It's it's an external um, person who's able to somehow, sometimes get through um, and facilitate the, pro the, the, the process of letting go of some of these objects. Um, you know, I, but this is what, you know, yeah, sorry. I, I wrote ahead. an article on my um, website, randyfine.com, about um, a woman who did everything she could to sabotage her own health. And at the risk of losing her life, losing her, be, becoming paralyzed, so forth and so on, that the drive to keep up their needs and to keep up the need for control 
can take them all the way down to the point where they are so self-destructive. Um, so that's also very similar to this, yes. you know. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, because narcissism in itself is is destruction. It, the whole premise is to destroy the authentic self. So, you know, that's what it's about. That's, right. you know, in, in essence. So it's going to produce the same destruction of a life uh, for the rest of the life, you know, for the rest of that person's life. It is a destruction-aimed pathology. Yeah, I think this is so important because... For those of you who are listening, who have this, maybe it's way back in your mind that, you know, you can perhaps change this person. This yeah. is just another example of how mm -hmm. deep seated this is and yeah. also how counterintuitive and mm -hmm. different it is than the way that you may think. And yeah this can this is not a mindset that can be changed so mm -hmm. they're either acting out with you or they're acting out with objects um yes. but it's really all the yeah. same to them it is you know and, and i think you know at, at its essence randy um I, I mean, I had a client actually who was um had who lost their their mother recently. And um, she was going to have to go back and um, sort out the whole family home, her whole childhood home. And um, what she said to me was, she said, I am terrified of doing this. She said, and I said, well, why, why, why is this? Why are you terrified? She said, well, first of all, there's so much stuff. Um, she says that, and that makes me feel safe. Um and I said, oh, okay, well, why is that? And, and why, what would it be like for you to start moving through and sorting out all of these things? And she said, well, it fills me with terror because if I let any of it go, I'm letting myself go. Those objects are me. That is, that is evidence of my life. Wow. This is, th these things are, show that I, I am alive, <laughs> um, that I am somebody. And without them, there is nothing. There is no me. That's and so we can see here, you know, when somebody comes in and says, oh, just get rid of these things. You only need this. You only need that. Well, actually, what you're saying to them is let go of evidence of you, of who you, of yourself. And and, and it's, that's why the, these hoarding types cannot do so, because there is no me within. Within themselves. There's no. no me, there's no self, there's nothing no. really there. Nothing. So they can only look out there and find some semblance of who they who they are, what their life has been about. Right. So and, and they can hide in the middle of it. It's like an, you know, they live their life in acquisition. It's just yes. what can I get? Yes. Get, 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 yes. get, 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 yeah. get. Yeah. And it's yeah. um it's really uh it's it's a living hell that they live, but yeah. They don't experience it that way. Like for us yeah. to live that way would be yeah. extraordinarily yeah. horrific. Um, yeah. The narcissist does this. It's, a, yeah. it's the way the pathology works. It's the, the survival mechanism of the mind is just this, this, this. 
And then they have this mm -hmm. other mechanism that comes in that says, you're perfectly fine. Everything you do is perfect. This is wonderful. This is normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so while, while they're doing all these things to self-destruct, they also have this mm -hmm. other voice inside of them that's saying, you're perfectly fine. You're normal. You're yeah. great. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they won't be in the chaotic hoarding house all day. You know, usually they do go out to get supply. Uh, you know, they go out to get the, the, that kind of, kind of attention and that from the outside world, put on the false self, and then they can come home topped up. And, and it's okay. You know, it's fine. I'd love to see, you know, those hoarding programs, though. You know, they seem to have such a, a positive impact on the lives of these hoarders. I would, however, love to see uh, two years later or three years later. Um, I, you know, it would be interesting just to have that sort of uh, comparison, um, because if there's not been any real inner um, healing and work on this, chances are as with many addictions um you know it's not just about putting down the addiction it's about doing the inner work to release you from the addiction um, i agree with you i but, i think that would be really good i think we all kind of would. wonder are they able to maintain this yes yes what impact did it actually have long term mm -hmm. um, mm. well what a great great topic um yeah, it really is. Yeah, it is. It is. I, it's, I find this so interesting. And yeah. in this work, I mean, there, like I said, there's so many facets to narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic abuse. And uh, it, it is a fascinating topic if you're not on the receiving end of the abuse. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but to talk about it and to take this apart yeah. is just incredibly interesting I, to me and I loved what you said Randy you know about um the, the you know the hoarder and uh, the narcissistic hoarder you know not respecting any of the objects including people uh in their lives so just you know getting one in using it for a bit and then putting it down getting another one in using it for a bit letting it rust you know oh, yeah, you know I, with without any sort of real care or uh, valuing um of the objects in its life um, only in as much as it can give immediate satisfaction or pleasure. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Christiana, uh, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and um, if you have any programs or uh, how we can contact you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Randy. Um, yes, I, so I'm a psychotherapist and a hypnotherapist, as you said, and I love using hypnotherapy. Um, you know, that's kind of the main focus of my work in some ways um, is to to go within uh, to access, you know, your brilliant subconscious mind that uh, we have this powerhouse within us responsible for 95 percent of our behaviors, thoughts, actions. Uh, you know, and if we're not doing work on the subconscious, we're trying to do it with the cognitive. But really, you know, if you want to do quick, fast work and that's my that's my focus is let's do this as quickly as we can right. uh, it's kind of I have a fast approach to healing um and um it's you know clients really do seem to benefit from um both the psychotherapy and the hypnotherapy combined together in a short space of time so intensive deep dive 
that real sense of change, real, really feeling the changes um, and connecting with your subconscious, which is just wonderful. Uh, so that's the, the work I do. And you, you have, do you have a um, program, uh, some kind of course on your site? Yes, I do. Um, to be honest, my website is a little bit neglected at the moment. I've been <laughs> focusing on um, Facebook and trying to get my social media uh, side of things up and running. So if anyone does want to contact me, um, you can either look me up on YouTube, Christiana.Davidson, or you can um, look at me on Facebook and send me a friend request with a message, if you like, saw you on Randy's show or something like that. And then um, I will, um, I'll send you some links uh, and we can set up a consultation, a free consultation. In fact, I'll send you my Calendly link, Randy, if, if it's helpful okay. uh, for people. Yeah. And, and she does live video all the time. She puts lots and lots and lots of content up on her Facebook page. So definitely yes. go there and take a look at what she has to say because her perspective is she's an out-of-the-box thinker and she doesn't say things the way everybody else says them and they're brilliant. Her insight is brilliant. So um, I love oh, Randy. Thank you, my dear. Well, it's why why you're with me. <laughs> because I, you so I value... I value your perspective, your professionalism, I value all of that. So uh, that's why I bring you in with me because only the best, I only take the best. Absolutely. (laughs) So, uh, well, it's, it's really been great talking to you today and I'm sure we have another video coming up somewhere about something. So to our listeners, if there's a topic you want us to talk about, because you see somebody said talk about hoarding. Well, here we are talking about hoarding. So if there's something you want to see and you're not finding it anywhere, we'll dig it up. We'll figure it out. We and will talk about it. So um, you'll see us back again. Thank you, Christy. It's been so wonderful talking <laughs> with you today. Always is. You too, Randy. Likewise. I love it. I can't wait to come back. <laughs> you too. Take care. Take care, my dear. Thank you.